Welcome back, everyone. Day four. Day four of our, our little retreat. Hopefully you're praying along with us on the joy of the Eucharist and Advent retreat with the Holy Family. How's your Advent been so far? So far, so good. It's not, I, you know, I've, I've really had some good aspirations this year, and so far... We're, we're we're getting there. We're getting there, but there's a little. There's plenty of Advent left. How yeah. about you? Begin again. It's been all right. Mm-hmm. Not bad. It's different with a family, huh? It makes it tricky mm-hmm. because everybody is celebrating, and it's all red and green, and Christmas is here, yay! And mm-hmm. so, how do you tell really excited kids? Hold up, hit pause. We're not there totally mm-hmm. yet, right? And it's a good thing. Longing, it's a good thing hope. because yeah. we are slowly coming into the birth of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But it's hard when you know it's all about toys and when the everything. Santa's and ringing the bells outside the Target. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know that little part of Advent that encourages you to give something up. Mm-hmm. That's hard for me because <laughs> what do you want to give up? Or I you always feel like you should give up like sweets or something. But this is the sweetest time of the year yes it's the the sweet spot so my advent is begin again begin again Mm, i love that yeah yeah okay so let's continue with the yeah okay so our retreat with the holy family (laughs) yeah who are we hanging out with today we've talked about jochem and Anne, mary's parents we've talked about mary there's a big member of the holy family missing Hmm. it's jose (gasps) joseph San Jose. San Jose. Joseph. Yes. Joseph, the strong man, the guardian, the protector. The terror of demons. Yes. So thought we could talk a little bit about Joseph today and figure out who this guy is. Yeah, let's do it. Where'd he come from? What's his deal? We know so much about him. We know a lot about Joseph's family from the Bible. Tell us all about it. Did you know his dad was named Jacob? (gasps) Isn't that cool? That's so cool. Did you know his grandfather was named Matan? No. Did you know his great-grandfather was named Eleazar? Mm-mm. Did you know his great-great-grandfather was named Achim? Mm. And his great-great-great-grandfather was Zadok? Mm. And his great-great-great-grandfather was Azor? And his great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather was Eliakim? Are you really going to take and us Abihut? through the most, oh. sorry, God, the most <laughs> boring gospel <laughs> that we are forced to stand and listen to? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you are referencing the first chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, right? Which is holy, and the Bible yes. is great, but also sometimes confusing and sometimes mm-hmm. kind of boring. And the names. And the names. The I always names. like so start sweating names. for those deacons that uh-huh. are out there reading uh-huh. off the names. I love it when we get the deacon with the, uh, oh, the southern yes. accent. And then we got Perez as the father of Hezron, <laughs> and Hezron the father of Ram. Aminadab. <laughs> Jehoshaphat, uh, right? It, it makes for a, it, a fun Christmas. It wakes you up a little it's bit. It's actually supposed to be the reading for Christmas for all the masses except for the midnight mass. But some priests, including myself and the ones of St. John's, will steal the actual birth story from the midnight mass and, and transfer that to the uh, vigil masses. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it is, it's, it's so important for Matthew to establish the family of Jesus and where Jesus is coming from. Matthew is writing to a Jewish audience. And so it's incredibly important for Matthew to say, hey, this guy traces his lineage all the way back to Abraham. This guy traces his lineage all the way back to David. We know that Joseph... Okay, that is really important. It's super important. We know that Joseph has royal blood is of the line of David, that the Messiah should be born from this line has been prophesied throughout the entire Old Testament. What's the Messiah? Messiah, Mashiach. What does that mean? Mashiach. 
it means the savior, the deliverer, um, the one who is to come that's going to deliver. Um, so being the of this line from, from is a sins. huge deal. It's a huge deal. They will sit on the throne of David, his father, right? And so Joseph, he's a royal dude. He's part of this royal line. And we, so, like we said, we don't know too much about Joseph from the sacred scriptures, but there are some interesting mystical visions of Joseph and his family from the lives of the saints and from the lives of the mystics who have reported that Joseph was rolling in it, mm. that actually the, the family of Joseph's family lived um, in the ancestral heritage where, where King David, where David's home was no longer there, but where David on the land that David actually lived himself um, Important. and of course this is this is uh, not the gospel so um, it, we take it with a grain of salt but it is some mystical revelations about the life of saint joseph that we wouldn't know about otherwise so we know saint joseph is royal he potentially is very affluent Mm-hmm. And we know that um, he, the Bible calls him a just man or a righteous man. So that justice, St. Francis de Sales said, means that Joseph was more interested in doing God's will than anything else. He was righteous. He was just. So even from a young age, very young Joseph, was more interested in doing God's will than anything else. And so what did that lead him to do? I'm so glad you asked. We know that Joseph was a carpenter, right? And so in the scriptures, it actually calls him a technon, is the Greek word. Technon. technon, which means builder or carpenter. It can be interpreted in lots of different ways. But according to some of these mystical revelations and to his, his own sort of just righteousness, we know that this wasn't the path that his parents had planned for him. You know, they were affluent. They had a big fancy house. They wanted him to be a big fancy guy. Uh, and so was he, Father? So was he? He left that life to pursue the humility of being a carpenter. Or technon can also mean stonemason or builder. So um, to make things. He worked with his hands. He was simple and humble. And he discerned that that was God's will for him. And so um, private revelation says that at the age of 18, he even left home to go and pursue full-time this career of being a carpenter. And he lived very meagerly and very poorly. And it was through this humble profession that he even taught the Savior of the world those same things. That's really impressive because so many of us, I know I have it in me too, to keep the whole keeping up with the Joneses or you want mm-hmm. what everybody else has or mm-hmm. bigger home or more this or more that. And he had all of that. Mm-hmm. And he just said, nope, I don't want any of it. He walked away. Yeah. He knew he was royal. He knew he had the uh, social status, a whole life all planned out, and he wanted to do God's will more. And he found his true royalty in being a poor son of his heavenly Father, and in poverty and humility, following God's real appointed path for him. Which I think, yeah, it can be so tempting. I know when I was discerning the priesthood, my only desire was to be rich and famous. Uh, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to be when I grew up, as long as it made me rich and famous. But God's will has made me so much happier than anything else I could have chosen or done. And it's that lasting, beautiful happiness. And of course, St. Joseph, by listening to God's will, found not only lasting happiness and joy, but got to play an incredibly important role in the history of the salvation of the whole world. So how does this apply to our So what might it be like if we put having the status, having the wealth, having the all those things 
underneath doing God's will, mm. trying to be just, trying to be righteous, trying to follow him without reserve. And it's not that money's bad. It's not that things are bad. But what is the posture of your heart? Mm-hmm. Money and in things desiring these can things. easily play on those weaknesses in our own in our own fallen human nature. So we have to be careful with them. But they are good in of themselves. God wants security, safety, peace for us. But more than anything, God wants us to do His will, and His will is better than all this stuff. than any created good, than any material thing. And Saint Joseph knew that. Mm-hmm. So why don't we meditate just for a little bit? If you'd like, you can close your eyes and take a deep breath. And let's imagine Joseph in that pivotal moment, right? He's in his parents' mansion. He's contemplating God's will, what God might want for him. And he picks up a rough piece of wood that he's been carving. He looks down at it. and He just feels tugged in his heart that this is what God has made him to do that he would be the architect, the master builder, not just of homes or furniture or furnishings, but part of the architecture of salvation. While looking at this piece of wood in his hand and feeling that tug on his heart to go in one direction, not even totally sure what that direction is, he starts thinking about his life up to now his parents' hopes and dreams for him, the world around him, and what the world is telling him is most important. And then he's starting to think it just doesn't make much sense to leave such honor and to go for something so lowly. And in that heaviness of heart... Trusting, trusting that God's plan is better. He gets up and in haste packs a bag and goes to a life unknown. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.